Warrior Princess Nation. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Princess Chronicle podcast. This is Nikisha. I'm so excited for what God has for us today. So grab your Bibles, pens, journals, and let's dive in. Good morning, ladies. Let me just tell you, it has been a long night for me. I am running off about two maybe three hours of sleep, if that. And here's why. I saw a bug. A bug in my house. And if you know anything about me, um, there are three things that I just don't like, can't tolerate. Um, Some may even say have a phobia of, afraid of. I don't care what you call it. Number one, Balloons. I hate balloons. Two, clowns, because they usually bring balloons. And three, bugs. Now, if you're afraid of bugs, the desert is no place to live. But, you know, I live in the desert. And I don't go outside and hang out outside, cause at, especially at night, because that's bug territory. And I am so okay with not being outside at night. Because of the bugs. But I saw a bug in my house. Talk about a violation. I screamed. I don't care what you call it. But I screamed. And it's about a little after midnight. And my husband's up. I'm calling him to kill the bug. I'm freaking out. He's like, calm down. It's one bug. Um, We keep our house spraying. And I literally, I'm up like about 1230 in the morning trying to figure out, is this a weird hour of the night to call an exterminator? Yes, I was that serious over one bug. And my husband's like, it's one bug. But guess what? He tried to kill it and missed and then he couldn't find it. And so I was really freaking out. So I set up in the middle of my bed the majority of the night looking around going, I can't go to sleep because I don't know which way it went. And it got me to thinking, like, seriously, Nikisha, you want to call an exterminator? Here it is, half after midnight, and you want to call an exterminator because you saw one bug? Yeah, I was that serious. I was that serious and that fearful. And it brought about a whole night of interrupted sleep and fear. And like my skin was crawling. I just felt unclean. And if I wasn't so afraid to get off the bed, I would have went and took a shower and I was too afraid to get down off the bed. So I couldn't even go take a shower. I just literally sat in the middle of the bed and my husband normally watches television um, downstairs so that he doesn't interrupt me. But I tell him, no, 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 you're staying on this bed with me until I can fall asleep. (laughs) Well, that took about hours before I can actually fall asleep again. Just, just afraid. And I thought to myself, you know what? Wanted to call an exterminator at almost one in the morning, a little after midnight, is a little extreme for one bug. But what if we were that diligent over spiritual bugs? Things that creep into our lives that cause us to feel unclean. Um... Lying, malice, strife, envy, jealousy, um, sin, 
that cause us to feel so unclean and disconnected from God? What if we were that diligent? What if we used an exterminator to get rid of the things that made us spiritually unclean? It's just a thought-provoking for me um, to really think about what does it really mean to be clean spiritually? And, that, and how, do we, how do we do that? I know the Bible requires and calls for us to be holy. For God says in his word, be holy because I'm holy. But how do we get that? How do we get that squeaky clean in a world that is so contaminated and full of spiritual bugs? So I was thinking about a scripture that I've often come across that is literally um, always fascinating me. And that's found in Ephesians chapter 5. And it's right smack dab, dab into um, Paul talking about the relationship in a or how a Christian family should be. And he starts off in verse chapter 5, verse 21, really talking about this role of submission. And I know submission is a word that we don't like to discuss a lot um, because we often think of it as being, I'm giving up my will or my power to someone else, which that's really not what submission is. Submission requires vulnerability, yes, but it also is a very powerful word um, that takes strength in order to pull off. In order to be submissive, we have to be strong and confident in who we are. And so he talks about this submission that needs to happen um, because of reverence, because of just being in awe of God and in awe of who he created us to be. And he starts off with talking about the wives being submission to their husbands, just like they would submit to the Lord because the husbands are head or over the wife or have the authority over. And then it talks also about um, husbands submitting or literally having this love for the wife, which takes a level of submission as well, ladies. So it's not just the women who are submitting. But what I like comes down a little bit further. So let's read Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 25. And I'm going to read it from the New International Version. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So right smack dad in the middle of talking about how a Christian household should be ran. Paul gives us this analogy of Husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do? What was his example? Well, he sacrificed himself for the church. He gave himself up. He shed his blood. He gave himself up for the church. Why? To make her holy and blameless. In essence, to make her clean. He gave himself up to make her clean. Now we know that when Christ sacrificed, sacrificed himself, he had to do so in shedding his blood. The blood here represents a cleansing agent. It cleanses us. It makes us clean. 
Now, I don't know about you, but blood is some of the hardest things to get out, right? If you um, get a cut, bleed on the shirt, you pretty much have to almost throw that away. I mean, there's just blood has a way of getting into fabric and becoming hard to get out. And here it is, God is saying, I'm going to use the blood of my son, Jesus, to remove your sin stain. What is, what is difficult to get out, I'm going to use that to cover you with the blood of Jesus. And that's going to be hard to get out of. I love that because if you think any time that we want to clean something, whether it's our bodies or our clothes, you know, we jump in the shower, we turn on water, and then we add an agent to that, right? We add soap. So it's either it's a, you know, a body wash or a bar of soap. And um, we can tell whether or not we feel clean by the way our bodies respond to after we've been in soap. So you have what, what we like the terminology of squeaky clean because we can just feel it. We can also feel when there's a residue on us and it's not, we haven't been, to, we've been in the shower and maybe the soap hasn't really worked. Um, and there was a, not enough cleansing agent in that soap. And so we still feel like there's a residue and we don't feel clean, although we've taken a shower or we put our clothes um, into the washing machine and we add a detergent into the washing machine to help our clothes become clean. And, you know, there are, I've, I've been known to try to buy these more of the organic, non, you know, environmental friendly detergents and not all of them have worked. Not all of them have gotten the clothes as clean as I would have liked them. And so I start by rewashing them again. And that's literally the picture that Paul is giving us, that the blood of Jesus is our detergent. It washes um, the sin away from us. But then there is another aspect. So if you want to just really be clean, one, you've got to have a relationship with Jesus so that the blood can be applied to your sin. And two, there is this washing of water. Um, and you see this a lot in the Old Testament, in Numbers and Leviticus, there's all these ceremonial cleansings that take place with water, purifying water or holy water that was sprinkled on the people. So even after they had these animal sacrifices where there was this blood that was shed and then sprinkled on them, there was also periods in which they would take this water that had been cleansed or holy. And that word holy literally just means that it is set apart for the use of God's purpose. So they had this water that was holy or purified and they would take that and they would sprinkle it on the people and they would be declared holy holy. And so here we have Paul giving us that same analogy in Ephesians chapter 5 um, as he's saying that um, Christ gave himself up to make us holy, cleansing her or cleansing the church by the washing with water through the word. So while there is one part of becoming clean, and that is salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, there is a second part of being holy and remaining holy, and that is being washed by the water of the word, the word of God. So it is not enough 
that we are saved and have salvation. But here on earth, there still needs to be this cleansing of us every single day, this washing of the water of the word. And in order for that to happen, we need to get in the word and allow God to sprinkle that on us and declare us holy, set apart for his special purpose only. And I love that about, I love that about the word. I, I absolutely love that. Also found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says in the New Living Translation, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to one, look, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That's how we feel clean. That's how we get clean. That cleansing from wickedness, that cleansing from doing things and saying things that is so not pleasing to God, that changes. That's a process. And it changes as we get in the water of his word. As we allow the word to wash over us, it takes away some of the things that we used to do and we used to say that was like second nature to us. It gets washed by that word and more and more we become holy. We become clean. It is a process. It is not salvation and then all of a sudden I don't have to do anything else. No, 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 no. We have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. How do we do that? It's the word. So if you're figuring it out or if you're looking at your life and says, you know what? I... I, I've given my life to Christ. I know that I have salvation. I know that the blood of Jesus covers me. I am declared the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I can come boldly to his throne of grace, but I am struggling in my day-to-day -day walk. I would say, get in the word and then start confessing your sins to him. And he's faithful and just. Come clean. Come clean with what the word says that you are doing that is contrary to the word. Come clean. Allow that to wash us. The Bible says that, you know what? We wouldn't know that we were sinners or that we had sinned if there had been no law, if there had been no word to say, hey, this is the wrong way to do it and the right way to do it. We wouldn't even recognize it. So the word comes the Holy Spirit convicts us, shows us where we're wrong so we can confess that sin to him. And then the Bible promised that he would be faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll wash us and make us clean and holy before his presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much because not only did you sacrifice your own self, so that we can be in right relationship with the Father. But you also prepared a way for us to live this earthly life, holy, set apart, prepared for your service. Today, wash us in the word, the water of your word. Allow us and give us a hunger and a thirst to dig in so that that word can sprinkle us, purify us, and make us ready for what you have prepared for us to do. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Until next time, remember to fight life battles God's way with both crown and sword. See you soon.